can I make it the distance? And what do I want that distance to look like? And that uh, really stems from an injury I had in college. So I was, I was, you know, on the varsity team, just kicking butt, taking names. And then I tore two discs in my lower back. Damn. And so that really sidelined me. But I was still, you know, defining myself as a rower. This is who I am. And I struggled and struggled and worked my butt off to get back on the team. So I did a lot of rehab and just, you know, worked my, worked my tail off to get back on the team. But it just wasn't what it used to be. And so I kept kind of falling behind and falling behind and, and getting pushed further back. And my coach would take video and he'd be like, your legs are just slow. And he kept pushing me back further in the team. I went to, you know, from the varsity boat to the JV boat and then to the three V boat because my nerves just weren't firing the way they should because of the back injury that I had. Mm-hmm. And it really all came to a head when I met with my doctor. My doctor said, Look, do you want to have kids someday? I am an everyday athlete. I am an everyday Good morning, everyone. This is Jarrett Basson with Mark McCain, and you are listening to Everyday Athlete, a podcast devoted to bringing you the amazing stories behind the lives of day-to-day CrossFit athletes like yourself. And today we have a wonderful guest, Jenny Beans Cuban. Welcome. Thank you. How are you? On her lunch break? Yes. Uh, so I guess it's not more. I always say good morning. It's good afternoon right now. Good after whatever. Good after noon morning. Yeah, whenever. Um, so welcome. Thank you for coming in. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, uh, we're... Uh, well, let's just start off. Where are you from? I am uh, from Northern Kentucky. Yeah. So I grew up, um, I was born in Lakeside Park, Kentucky, hmm. um, not far from here, and then uh, moved to Fort Thomas yeah. and Cake Eater. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're one of those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. yeah. So that's where I went to, went to school all of my formative years. Yeah. Graduated from Highlands graduated from mm-hmm. islands mm-hmm. um i feel like people from that area speak as it speak of it as like if it's like the city of atlantis like it's it's uh you know carved from marble and uh streets are paved with gold kind of thing i don't know that i would say that about fort thomas i mean it's a wonderful community i i still have a lot of uh, friends who live there and and i think if i could find a home in fort thomas i probably would be living there uh, but because my parents moved there when i was in first grade uh, we are not from Fort Thomas. Mm. There's like that. If oh, you, man. If it's, you, it's, it's funny. Like the Fort Thomas thing is like the east side, west side thing mm-hmm. with Cincinnati. Yeah. It's like, where are you from? I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Mark, you, can you attest to that from not being here? Not oh, yeah. being from here? Like yeah, I, here? I've actually called Fort Thomas the Kentucky version of the west side. Yeah. <laughs> it's very tight knit. Yes. You know, and uh, everyone kind of knows everyone, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But. Uh, we were out last night at GameWorks in, in Newport um, for my wife's uh, work party, and no matter where you go, you run into someone probably from Fort Thomas for Jenny, for Jared is from the West Side, and they're like, "Well, you know, where'd you go to elementary, and where'd you go? Where'd you go to high know? school?" And mm-hmm. it's it just da 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 da. I can almost like predict the questions that are coming, and it was the same kind of deal. Like my wife moved to the West Side at age eight, and I can kind of see the the girl like, oh, so you weren't like born here yeah. right uh, yeah. you're not a real citizen yeah. right yep. you, you were here in second grade <laughs> and for and for fort thomas it's your parents didn't grow up in fort thomas so therefore you're not really from fort thomas yeah. that's so funny it's like, so it's it's really kind of I, hopefully it's not as clicky as it was or maybe i'm, I'm sure projecting because yeah. all those people just probably stayed there and didn't leave they, let they me did. see your it's genealogy a, right <laughs> your family let me see your it's family like tree right now well, guy just in a little stand, just yep. yeah. coming in and out of Fort Thomas. Where do you live now? Uh, I live in Anderson Township on the east side of Cincinnati. So mm. we, uh, you know, we we made the jump. Yeah, puddle jumpers. Mm. I'm a Yankee people, now. People treat the Ohio River as if it was the ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm. There are yeah. people. I feel that way sometimes when I'm trying to commute home. No, uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How long does it take to get two, across this bridge? Two, <laughs> two things. Uh, we had John Carrick on the podcast not that long ago, but we remember when we tried to do the poker night? Oh, yeah. And we had one at the gym, and like a bunch of people showed up, and it was probably five or six people. It was a fun time. And like, all right, well, John has this amazing studio 
downtown A Street. Let's just have it there. He, he let it, he's going to let us use it. And Mark and I were the only ones that showed up because because I think it's Ohio. like it's like it's Ohio. It's Ohio, like well, Ohio, I can't Ohio. I can't possibly go past yeah. Anyways, and then uh, um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Whatever. I feel like that's probably common in, in all those like border like Louisville might be the same way with like Indiana. I don't yeah. know. Um, what's across the border from from Louisville? That's Indiana. No, no, no. There's, what's the or, or the, the direct city? city? Is there a city directly? Whatever. Uh, yeah. Anyways, let's get back to Jenny. Hey, Jenny, how's it going? <laughs> hey. Um, so you you're in uh, move over to Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, where? How did you kind of go from Fort Thomas? So where did you go to uh, college? I went to Yale. Yale. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So and that's where uh, you are the. I think you're the only one that that has rowing experience mm. in the gym, and you were on there. Is it rowing? team yes. is a rowing it's called a rowing team or a crew crew it's not okay. a crew team that's redundant it's a crew or a rowing team one or the other that would make sense yeah you wouldn't have a crew team because a crew is already the it's already a of collection people. of people yeah. yeah fantastic so how'd you get into that uh, i started rowing in high school actually so i was um i was a dancer i did ballet and i decided that was way too much of a time commitment Oddly enough, and then I went into rowing, which is even more which is even time more time. Yeah, we've <laughs> talked a couple times. Like, well, what's the longest you've ever rowed? I'm like, well, I'll just sit there for a couple of hours. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I I row like a thousand meters. I'm like, I never want to do this again. Every time I'm on the rower. Yeah. yeah. So, but, it's a I'm sure it's a, a a passion then that kind of what was it about rowing that that kind of spoke to you? I uh, I'm terrible at ball sports. Okay. So even though I'm tall, you would think oh basketball right automatic think basketball volleyball whatever. Uh, any any object that comes flying at me, I, I run in fear. <laughs> I can't handle it. So so all the burpee knockout games that we play. I, I, yeah. You missed today. We had the new we had a new game. No, I was there. Right. She was, was there this morning. Oh, Six thirty. I was I was taking care right. of Corolla. That's right. Yeah. No, I was How'd there. How'd you do, Mark? Good. We did okay because it was it was more like a thing coming at another object and not so much at me. Yeah. Okay. There was not the ball that I had to handle. It was like I, I could protect myself. Right. Mm. So that I do a little bit better with, but um, ball sports are generally not my forte. So when I saw this sport that was just, you do your own thing, you're there and you've got your own space and, uh, and it's just face off who's better, who can get there fastest. Um, I really took to that and I was never a runner per se, uh, but rowing, just really well, kind of spoke being, to me. Being t- and you know, we've we've watched enough people row and just physics takes over. Mm-hmm. If you are taller, like you're just automatically gonna be pretty pretty decent at rowing yeah, as long you as have... you can do it correctly. Right. Right. Um, you're just gonna have a longer pool. So um, so what for those, because again, we've talked a little bit about like kind of the sport of it. What's mm-hmm. what makes it the sport so there's obviously probably different distances and different ways to do it correctly correct there's not well there's two different distances depending on the season so if you're competing in the spring then that's spring racing season those are generally called sprint races and so in uh, high school and college that's a 2k that's your distance and then as you get older they shorten the distance so for masters it's 1k in sprints um us old people we can't go that far (laughs) 1k sprint yeah that sounds still, pretty awful. That, sounds that sounds really terrible. bad. <laughs> but the 2K is the standard distance uh, also for kind of Olympic sports and those kind of competitive sports um, where you, you take it up to the next level. It's generally a 2K. Okay. Um, and then in the fall, you have head races, and head races are roughly three miles. And those go over kind of winding oh. courses. So here we've hosted head races on the Licking River before. Uh, where you can imagine, and, and it's not a start where everybody lines up together and then you start all at once. It's a start, it's just you racing against the clock. Uh, but because like you're a all. a time in, trial type thing? Yeah, but because you're all in the same course, you can pass other boats, and there's rules about how you pass and how you take turns. Yeah, because you have um, physical oars mm-hmm. that are out of the water. It's a, yeah, it's and a, you're not going to be. You're taking up a lot of space yeah. on mm-hmm. the river. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, what. Uh, What's the question? Oh, so I've also seen, you said it, it's just you and the water, but mm-hmm. if you're on a crew, is it is there just ones where it's just you and then mm-hmm. more more and more people? Yeah. How many different variations of that are there? Yeah, there's you can row a single. So that's just you riding a pencil, essentially, balancing yourself with mm-hmm. those blades. Uh, it's akin more towards um, when you think of a tightrope walker, and that's how you think oh. of the balance. Yeah. 
because what the what the oars are doing are dropping your center of gravity down below you. So if you let go of those oars, it's just you kind of sitting on this tiny little thing. Oh man! <laughs> so yeah. you you always have to hang on to the oars. Uh, so there's a single, and then in single, when you're rowing a single, obviously you have two oars, one on each side, and then um, as you as the boats get bigger, those rules don't necessarily apply. So you can row what's called a double, and a double each person has two oars, and then you can row a pair, each person has one oar, and those are really tippy. Yeah, I'll bet. you got to be definitely in unison on that, mm-hmm. I bet. And there's also cocked pairs. So that's two people rowing, one each each person has one oar plus a coxswain. That is a slow boat. Oh man. Mm. That sounds um, Are the oars typically attached or are they can they just kind of be held freely? That would be more like canoeing, right? Like where you're yeah. No, not like canoeing. So you have what's called an oar lock. It's like a mm-hmm. mechanism, it's like a U-shaped thing that has a little gate on top and so you put the oar in there. Mm-hmm. So you can move the oar kind of mm-hmm. around in there, but it's 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 locked. Yeah. It's locked down, so you can't mm-hmm. just kind of lift it out right, right, and right. smack people with it. A passing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's more like whitewater rafting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, kind of assault with the oar yeah, doesn't really happen. Exactly. <laughs> what what is the is there as far as the feeling on the uh, there's there's obviously a difference. Like, what's the mm-hmm. biggest difference in feeling, um, the feeling in water versus something just like rowing on an erg? Like, because you don't use these for anything except practice, or just conditioning, right? I winter mean, training. Winter training, yeah. Because yeah. you're not going to be out in the water when it's right. 13 degrees. Right, right. Um, you, the the main difference really is is the feel, mm-hmm. is the balance and the movement with the other people. So on the rowing machine, that's just you. The, it's not going anywhere. It's pretty steady. But on the boat, uh, the boat is going to tip back and forth. You have to balance. You have to also work with the other person in the boat because if you're not moving together, then it's just going to be a disaster and you're going to go swimming. Yeah. Mm. So Couple, I, I really would love to take uh, I think it'd be super everybody fun. here and just kind yeah. of be like, hey, rowing day, who wants to come mm. out and try it out in the boat and, and just see how many people end up in the water. Yeah. <laughs> This guy. Is it hard to get your hands on like a boat? Uh, there are a couple of rowing clubs okay. around Cincinnati. Uh, we, we can definitely make that happen. We well, have, we a, have enough interest. There's a learn to row day, and usually boat houses open up their doors for learn to row day, and it's, it's like a national learn to row day kind of huh, thing. Cool. And so most boat houses, it's usually in June. So mm-hmm. you'll find boat houses here, too. There's two rowing clubs here that, um, that may kind of say hey okay. open open day anybody who wants to can come we'll so. have to definitely check that out i have i have two more questions about rowing then we'll move mm-hmm. on because we can probably talk about this all day and I, we've actually i think i've asked you a couple times before um and one of those is and i know you've talked to, in class because we were kind of put you on the spot from time to time is the damper yes so uh, a lot of people will throw that damper up thinking we're going to get more meters per pool yeah. um and how exactly is that affecting their their uh their row so the lighter it feels, it ju- it's just kind of um, the point of the damper really, I think originally was to adjust based on water speed. So depending on what kind of body of water you're rowing in is how heavy it's going to feel. So when you think you're about rowing that on against the current, right, if you're rowing against the current, it's going to feel really heavy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes um, we also use a thing, we put a, like a bungee around a boat to create drag in order to do some kind of heavier sure. training. And so that you can create that effect on the rowing machine pretty easily yeah. um, by, by slamming it all the way down. But um, when you have that all the way, I think it's all the way open. I never adjust it. I really don't. Yeah. So uh, one, one, <laughs> one is the damper is actually closed. Yeah. Meaning it's pulling in less air. 10 is it's all the way open, pulling more air in. Right. So it makes it easier at 10. Uh, harder, feel... harder at 10, okay. easier at 1. Yeah, it's closed. Yeah. So yeah. it's harder at 10, and the harder you feel. The, and the other thing is the machine adjusts for this. So if you think that you're going to get more meters because it feels harder, you're not. Mm-hmm. Because the machine is adjusting for where the damper is. It knows all of that kind of thing. So right. you're just basically getting a different type of workout you're working your muscles more i think than aerobic yeah than aerobic if you're doing that and so when i talk to people about rowing and their and their approach to rowing in this in the context of crossfit workouts if you're doing a rowing workout along with a bunch of other things and say all the other things that you're doing are lifting mm-hmm. so you're doing a bunch of other kind of olympic lifts and then you're rowing so in when you're lifting you're you're working the muscles less right. the lungs so mm-hmm. when you get on the rowing machine to give yourself a break then 
it's better, I think, to do a higher stroke rating and less work mm-hmm. with your muscles, sure. and you use your lungs more to give yourself a little, give your muscles a little bit yeah. of a break. It's a valid approach. On Absolutely. the other hand, yeah, on the other hand, if you're doing like a running and rowing and a bunch of other stuff that maybe are working your lungs more, mm-hmm. take the stroke rating down, work your mm-hmm. muscles more, and give your lungs a bit of a and break. And just for those that might be listening that don't know what the heck a stroke rating is, <laughs> is that the bottom left corner of the screen usually more, yeah, more yeah. Strokes, strokes per minute yeah strokes per minute yeah, yeah. right so I, I try to point that out to I, I feel like that's probably one of the biggest mistakes people people make especially whenever they're beginning and whenever you see the fail videos on rowing it's like they're going in and out like, <laughs> like 50, wipers. 50 strokes a minute or yeah. whatever it is and not there's, even really pulling mm-hmm. so, there's no grace to it there's there's a movement yeah. that's involved with it just like running it's the, that'd be the equivalent of you just running down the street flailing and you know yeah. just all over the place. There's, well, there's a technique to running too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's you know, I, and I've I've obviously watched several videos on on rowing and stuff like that, but it, it is very similar to Olympic lifting. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 as far as you're kind of initiating the movement with the legs, and then the hips, and then mm-hmm. into the arms, and then the same way, obviously, on the, are you reversing it right. on on the return, and whenever you violate those principles, just like in Olympic lifting, you're you're not going to be as efficient on the rower. In the same way that we kind of try to program if you will people to row consistently like like a robot same way with our olympic lifts mm-hmm. whenever we're like all right go to the high hang it's just like right. all right i should right. automatically know i'm in the balls of my feet and i'm my shoulders are, are back and this is where the bar goes so right it's just that repetition 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 and then mm-hmm. hopefully it just becomes like subconscious second yeah. nature yeah Absolutely. it's it's harder to figure out the transfer because you um you're not dealing with your your own body weight is not giving you that feedback that it would be if you were standing on your feet and mm-hmm. doing the same type of motion right because you're sitting on the seat you don't really feel the transfer of weight maybe from the balls of your feet to the to the heels mm-hmm. and it's it's um it's a little bit more abstract but that concept is definitely definitely the same mm. interesting um we'll come back around to the crossfit stuff here in a little bit because i want to i do want to talk about how you kind of got into this yeah. and um you know we've been with this for uh Quite a few years now so mm-hmm. um so once el went into rowing what was the next step for you after graduation and all that like life-wise yeah yeah sure yeah where are you at right now uh well so i graduated from college and i ended up moving to munich for uh, about a year and a half so um just for fun uh for work okay. yeah so i i was an exchange student in high school for a year uh, in Germany, so I speak German. So I went back to Germany, and I ended up working there for a while. Mm. Um, really loved it, absolutely great experience. But uh, career-wise, it wasn't really much of a career where I was. Mm. So I came back, and I started working for the same company that I had been working for there. They had a, an office in Cincinnati, and I worked for them for a couple of years. And for me, it was just like pushing paper from one side of my mm-hmm. desk to the other. Um, <laughs> So not extremely fulfilling. Not, no, not really. I mean, a lot of people love that kind of work, but it was just not really for me. Of course, you know, people probably argue that's what I'm doing now. But uh, from there, I went into I went to law school. Okay. And so um, I went full time three years, got my law degree and kind of bounced around a little bit. I had my own practice for a while, uh, which was convenient for uh, starting a family. You know, I kind of could scale back the time that I spent with my clients. Sure. And, not take as many clients and then ramp it back up again as my kids got a little bit more uh, self-sustaining. So, yeah. And then it was, it's been about two years, I think. I've been working for Krauss Mofi, so I'm in-house counsel, um, or general counsel for a company. That's a, a German-based company, so that's okay. kind of the connection. Yeah, no, so I, I could definitely see that. Um, but, uh, so, what I guess you know you, you as your kids are getting a little bit older and you know mm-hmm. you're kind of finding is it easier now to um, you know find a home in CrossFit with do you feel like you're busier less busy I mean running your own practice can obviously you can scale things back but you still have to make a living sure right um, oh my so, husband reminded me of that <laughs> that's right uh, I just saw a post <laughs> that he was going to buy a record player and you reminded them that he had some, <laughs> yeah. some some two small children at home yeah um but so do you find it now uh you know you're kind of 
you think you found a home with this place and something you can kind of the stability in your life is kind of mm-hmm. being built back now that the kids are a little bit older yeah. right yeah. uh you're pretty much a staple here at the 6 30 a.m yeah it's a 6 30 peeps it's a crew man they are We're uh, a ragtag group but yeah it's it's like the bad news bears right um <laughs> So what uh, kind of drew you into CrossFit in the first place? My husband got into CrossFit a long time ago. I think it was before maybe there were even any CrossFit gyms here in, uh, in the greater Cincinnati area. Maybe there were one or two, definitely not the number that there were now. And yeah. he was doing the workouts from the website. So he had gotten into that, um, was really gung-ho about it, and I thought this is the worst thing anybody can ever do. <laughs> because... Fair. Yeah, because it That's was. So we're gonna. I want to open up the podcast with that. And I always put that little. This is the worst thing you could ever do. <laughs> I no. mean, like doing it by yourself oh, with it. No, no training and no coaching and no mm-hmm. no knowledge oh, yeah. of how to do these lifts. And and he had never been through, a you know, I I being on a Division One college athletic team, mm-hmm. I had a lot of coaching. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, we did. I had um, um lifting you know we had a we had a weights coach who would come and show us how to do lifts and and i'm familiar with all that stuff and so and and he didn't have that experience and i'm just like you're gonna kill yourself so you're like were were you like observing him working out like cringing a little bit like what are you doing stop that hold on Uh, let me check our insurance yeah Yeah. (laughs) he actually i mean i think he ended up injuring himself once or twice but it really overall it was it was not as bad as i thought it would be but he was really into it and um, and so he got a couple of our friends into mm-hmm. it, Kara and Nate. Mm-hmm. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. He started talking to them about it. They found uh, Jim and Covington mm-hmm. started going there, and I went there for a while mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in between kids, I think. Uh, so I've been off and on in CrossFit for I don't know six or seven years now. Yeah, um, and then so you took some time off, and then that's when you mm-hmm. kind of came back out to us, correct? Yeah. Because we are, we're, we're pretty convenient towards your work. I mean, yes. obviously, we're not convenient towards Anderson. No. You know? <laughs> um, so I think there's there's a couple things there where, you know, we talk a lot about people that if you have people move on and leave and things like that, I think convenience is, is number one for a lot of people. You, get, you have to be something that is close enough for you to get up at five whatever in the morning mm-hmm. and make it over here for 6.30 a.m. Yeah. class, correct? Um, and then... Too, I think maybe you can speak on some of the other things that maybe you look for and maybe, uh, again, not just give us a pat on the back, but what is it, mm-hmm. things that kind of make you stay and make you kind of uh, want to keep coming back to somewhere. And it can, maybe just not even us, maybe it could be any brand or any store that you regularly visit. Because yeah. I think that's really important for not just us to understand, for anyone who's kind of frequently frequenting uh, a certain establishment there's a reason you keep going back and I'm always interested to figure out why that is yeah well for me it was really um, it's the community you know I, I I have I have a demanding job and I have you know a lot going on at home and um, this is kind of I don't have a lot of time to socialize a friend I, I just recently had lunch with a friend and she's like you're really busy do you ever get yeah. <laughs> I'm like, actually, this is kind of what I consider to be my getting out. It's kind of my me time. It's mm-hmm. my time for, you know, for taking care of my body and for my mind. And then also, you know, I like the people here yeah. and I feel comfortable here. And it just depends on what you like. You know, there's some places that maybe call to people more than others, just depending on kind of your personality sure. and how you are. And so maybe this wouldn't be perfect for everybody, but... Um, I just, I love the camaraderie. I love the encouragement that everybody gives each other. And, um, and I think it just, you know, it starts from the ground up and, and in every single class and you just, I don't know, I, I like everybody here. So, yeah, well, that, I think that's what it, what it comes down to, uh, at least for, for us, um, for, for Mark and I and the coaches is, is really just being comfortable with who we are. You know, I think for a long time. I don't say a long time, but like, you know, when we, we originally took over, it's like we had this identity of, well, we're just going to come in, we're going to change everything. And, um, but not until we start building into, you know, people like yourself and, and everyone else at the gym, then you really find out like what we're actually about and what we're actually it wasn't about. Al- it wasn't always obvious that no. we were, yeah, maybe it's still your thunder, but it wasn't always obvious that we we're in the business of relationships Yeah, and it's not even really our relationships. <laughs> yeah. It's not, you know, necessarily us and Jenny and, and so on and so forth. I always 
kind of make the joke or whatever. It's like, I wish I, you know, I'm not even like top 10 coolest people here. It's, you know, we praise our members. It's the reason we, build, we have these podcasts. Yeah. We build them up and yeah, exactly. You know, so that, get the stories out, but kind of to your point, like you, t- you said, you call this like your me time. Like for a long time for me personally, I thought my me time was, was going to the gym, but that consisted of me putting my headphones on and the hood up mm-hmm. and, and like doing a set of bench every 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, and you don't know what you don't know sometimes. And it's like, it is so much, uh, what I want to say more advantageous, at least to just life in general, to be around people, you right. know, like don't, don't like try to be this lone wolf, like mentality. Like it's, it's a myth. Like yeah. the lone wolf isn't the strong one. It's the pack. Right. And know, when so. I say me time, I, I really, like you were saying, not so much me being here by myself. Mm-hmm. It's my me time in that it's time that I take for, for myself. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean yeah. that I'm by myself. It means sure. that I'm doing something that, that is, that is just for me. And, mm-hmm. and this place is really my happy place for a lot of different reasons for the, for the athletic reasons, um, as well as for the social reasons and just for the, you know, camaraderie. Yeah. We've talked about it at at nauseum at this point, but I think it's a good point to bring up almost every time, which is, you know, when we look at this place, it is, it needs to be a sanctuary for people to come to, you know, like that's why we, we try and invest so much into the people here, into the equipment, into trying to keep it as clean as possible into trying to improve it whenever we can, because we want it to be a place that people want to go and not just a place that they're going to come in, work out for an hour and see you later. It can be, it absolutely can be, and you can be a hundred percent happy with that. But we also want to be able to to have um, a holiday party, yeah, Christmas party. Yeah. You know, like it was fun. you know, it's like yeah. I want I want to be able to have. And I think it was almost took me, blew me away a little bit uh, when Melanie showed me the photo of the very first one with uh, with thirteen people. Yeah, you know, and I didn't even count the amount of people that were in that last photo, but I there was know. probably seventy plus. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that wasn't even everyone that was here. Right. So it was just cool to see, you know, fostering a sense of community, fostering a sense of just togetherness and what that can actually do for um, just everyone here. You know, there's so many people that we've we've met along the way um, that have now become friends that have, you know, that have been to weddings Mm -hmm. together and stuff like that. And it's it's weird outside of a, a CrossFit gym atmosphere to be like, yeah, this guy goes to my gym. Right. You know, right. like, nobody's my friend too. Yeah, yeah. And for me, because I have, you know, I have all this other stuff going on, I I love coming here and seeing people that I do consider my friends, even though I don't have a lot of time to spend with them outside of mm-hmm. here, because especially because I live, you know, really far away from everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do consider them to be my friends. And you know, I'm borrowing DVDs from Mike Whalen, and mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just, go. you know, it's this, it's a community. It really yeah. is a community. No matter where you live, you come here and you spend time here and you're a part of the community. And it's it's kind of a part of uh, me being happy in how mm-hmm. uh, my life is structured. You know, right. I have my work, I have my family, and I have the things that I do for myself. And this is, this is a huge, huge part of what I do for myself. And not to mention just the depth of the amount of stuff that people do here. You know, we yeah. have we have uh, law advice. We have you need an electrician. You <laughs> sure. Need, now with uh, we just talk, I was just talking to Bree. It's like her husband. So you need a roofer. Do you need a you know? Yeah, I carpenter. think it's I think it's literally barber. Lit- barber. Li- literally. <laughs> literally. I think it's the best thing you can do if you're out of town and you're trying to get plugged into the community. Like we had a guy just start, um, doesn't know anyone. He's been in Florence for about a year. Real, real intelligent young kid, engineer. Uh, I'm like, you know, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I just work, you know, pretty much all the time. I'm like, well, you just got like a hundred more friends. Yeah, <laughs> right. You, you know, and I think he even had an issue with something going on with his car or whatever. I'm like, I'm sure there's a, you know, someone here that can point yeah. you in, minimally point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you just post it on so our Facebook. It's like a living directory. Exactly. Yeah. Really what it comes down to. So, and and, and it d- definitely people. helps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and ex- exactly. It's, it's not like, well, you know, I'm going to recommend this guy and good luck. Yeah. Um, I'll take a, a very quick break and come back and uh, talk a little bit about uh, Jenny's future with us and um, yeah, why she's so awesome. We'll be right back. Well, I didn't really start exercising much at all until I was probably in my late 20s, kind of mid children. Um, I was a big runner for a long time, did seven or eight half marathons. I loved running. At the end of my last half marathon, I ended up with a stress fracture in my leg. 
Uh, I finished that half marathon, and of course at that point it was like, well, I can't run because I have a stress fracture, so I was looking for something different. Uh, one of my friends actually worked out at Covington, and I went there with her and fell in love with it. I started there about three years ago, and then I came here about two and a half years ago, and I've been here ever since. It's very different than anything I've ever done. Uh, little weights in the gym, like when I used to work out at LA Fitness, but nothing, nothing to this extreme, nothing to this level. And I do it because you hate yourself while you're doing it. You question your sanity, but when you're done, you feel like a whole new person. Definitely stronger. I definitely have more stamina. I feel better all the time. I sleep better. I make myself eat better because if I don't eat better, then I feel terrible when I'm here. Um, I have a pretty physical job and surgery, and so it helps a lot with that. But just being strong overall helps every aspect of your life. With your kids, if I have a 10 and a 14-year-old, you can be super active with them. It's good for your mind, it's good for your body, all over. And I'm definitely stronger at 40 than I've ever been in my life. I like clean jerk, I like split jerk. Not a big fan of the snatch, but I, li I like to lift heavy overhead. That's my jam. Oh, absolutely, you're going to be nervous because you don't know what you do. You, you don't, I mean, you watch people and you go through the on-ramp class and you know the moves, but you, you have no idea what weight to use. You have no idea, um, you know, getting all the equipment out and everything. But the good thing about this is that everybody's willing to help you. The coaches are awesome. They're going to tell you how to scale something if you're injured. Um, they're going to tell you how to start things like, because the last thing you want is an injury. So there's really no reason to be nervous. There's always modifications. Everybody here is fantastic, and they'll help you get through it. I think you had a ma you get a major accomplishment anytime you PR. I mean, the first two years you're at the gym, you're going to PR all the time, and you kind of think, oh, I'm just going to keep getting stronger. I'm going to keep getting stronger. And then you'll hit a plateau. Um, I don't know if it's a page thing or if everybody hits a plateau. But then when you do hit that next level, that even if you PR just by five pounds and you hit it, you just feel like you're in the lottery. Since I've been here three years, practically all of my best friends have been this gym. I've developed so many relationships. My husband comes here, we work out together, but I have several of my very best friends now that belong in this gym. Welcome back to the Everyday Athlete Podcast. Uh, we left talking a little bit. <laughs> we talked a little bit about, well, we talked about a lot of stuff, but uh, coming back, um, maybe we'll take a step back and talk about your time at Yale. I, yeah. think Mark, I think Mark brought that up because I think that it is very, not very many people, I mean, I went to a Bowling Green State University and Mark went That's to like UC. That's like right underneath mm -hmm. Yale. It's, it's, it's Yale and then BGSU. Like yeah. it's... It's close. It's close. Well, one, it of the, is. one, the, uh, one and the only time I went to Boston, you know, it's obviously got a bunch of history there, but I specifically remember waking up in my hotel and we had a nice view or whatever, and you could, I don't know what river. The it, Charles. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yes. <laughs> um, but there was the, the crew, the crew teams were out there on mm -hmm. the water and I mean, it was early. It oh, was yes. like 7am uh, ish, you know, that's, that's when you're coming off the water. At yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It might've even been earlier cause we yeah. had a, it was there for business and whatnot, but I vividly remember that. And, and they weren't just like, Oh, we're just going for a little stroll. Mm -hmm. They were getting after it. I was like, I was really impressed. I was like, Oh my goodness. These, oh, yeah. these people like the guys calling it out and they're just mm -hmm. ripping through the water. So I know that's like a really big deal with the Ivy League. I mean, that's that's so so. Hats off to you for being able to do that and get some experience. And on know. on a on a strength level, have you seen things like uh, heavy loads of squats and deadlifts? Do you think that has improved your ability to row better? Because when I look at the movement, again, I'm looking at a lot of glute and hamstring engagement driving yeah. off the quads. Like you have to have strong, yeah, yeah. a strong lower body to drive off those pads. Like, have you seen any improvement or just it, does it feel better? I, I think so. I mean, I don't. Um, we, we used to do a lot of weight training um, on the team. So we would row. Uh, generally, the schedule was we'd row in the afternoons. We weren't, we didn't do a lot of mornings mm -hmm. just because sure. of, you know, um, the way the Housatonic where we rode was probably about 20 minutes away from campus. So we had to take a bus mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we would row in the afternoons every afternoon, uh, during the week. Plus we work out every morning. Mm. So we'd have two a days, most days. Uh, and 
three, two or three of those days a week, we do lifting plus uh, rowing. And yeah, I mean, when, when we started the lifting program, in addition to um, just getting out in a boat, um, yeah, I mean, you saw big gains. Yeah. Yeah, because I can, I can only see that, you know, it's one of those things that like, again, just growing up playing playing soccer, it's like, oh, I don't want to lift, I just run, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it's like, since I've gone and played intramural soccer, and I'm like, I'm faster than I've ever been at, you know, almost double the age that I was playing, yeah. you know, and it's one of those things where you're like, again, uh, we've said it until we're blue in the face, like, if I had this when I was 16, it would be a completely different game, sure. and Mark can attest to that with just the kids, he's... Yeah, he's been training for a couple of years. I'm now. interested. Um, what did your lifting look like? Were you guys doing like cleaning jerks and snatches? Yes. And, and okay, we were doing clean, not so much snatches, but we were doing a lot power more cleans. of the power cleans, deadlifts, mm. um, all that kind of stuff. Um, but f- a concern that we had to get over, and it was something that uh, you, if you coach women mm-hmm. uh, at that age, mm-hmm. that's something that you'll have to address mm-hmm. is the size. Mm-hmm. So, is this going to make me big? Right. And yeah. that's we deal that, with that. Yeah. With and that was always something that, um, it, you know, it was a big deal for us. Were you guys getting nutrition advice as well? Were you guys on like a meal plan with the, the school? Or it whatnot? was a meal but, plan with the school. Mm-hmm. And essentially it was eat as much as you possibly can. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can see that. I, I mean, so. honestly, because you guys are burning a lot of energy yeah. calories. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, mean, I would like yeah. to see the numbers on that. Like if you're if you're spending, you know, like what how much time would you be uh, on the rower or on the water for a practice actively rowing i'd say probably an hour and a half maybe Ugh. a little bit more and you're probably if you had a guess like what percentage of the max kind of heart rate or does it fluctuate it fluctuated i mean depending on the workout sure. if you were going if you're training for the fall uh, they'd be just long rows you'd be mm-hmm. out for two hours just steady state yeah, yeah. for two hours you. and then you have your workout in addition to that so either you're lifting also in the morning or you're mm-hmm. also on the rowing machine in the morning in addition to yeah, your I afternoon could, rest. I could, that would actually probably be my nutritional advice. Just eat whatever you eat, possibly And that's what <laughs> yeah. I did. I mean, again, especially yeah. at that age. Yeah. That's what I did. And my coach actually at the time, he was like, I want you to gain weight. Can you possibly gain weight? So mm-hmm. I used to go, you know, you'd eat at the dining halls and you could only log in three times at the dining mm-hmm. halls. And so then my parents gave me some extra money so that at like 9.30 p.m., mm-hmm. me and a swimmer and a guy from the football team We'd go to one of the local diners mm. and just have a couple of burgers. Oh yeah! At like nine thirty. Those were the days. Let's go. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was like you know amazing is it, stuff. Is it bad anytime I pass you see the first thing I think of is like, oh that that cafe. Yeah. Or I used to <laughs> Chicago have Euros. two waffles, <laughs> yeah, and omelet, pancakes, yeah. bacon. Like, wasn't like remember all those parties? Oh, like no, remember that food? Yeah, yeah. it was the food. So we it really was. We just had I mean, an engagement party, and it was like, it was like, remember the corner grill? Those fried <laughs> cheese cubes. Yeah, those were great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't remember anything else? And after Saturday morning practice, when the dining halls would open up, because we'd have morning practice, and we'd we'd be on the water for like three hours. It was ridiculous. We'd just be starving, and as mm. soon as the dining halls open up. Uh, the women's team would just descend on one of like the dining halls. Out that's, of the way. Seriously, that's, it's funny because you, when you say that, because you think about you know, we've all you've all seen like the football, like the linemen, and they mm-hmm. just got plates of food. It just yeah. I think it would be funny because it's just it's just out of out of the blue almost. So you would, wouldn't expect it. Just like this this group of like women just descending mm-hmm. and just crushing everything on the buffet. We did. We <laughs> had we we'd be like you know there was a waffle maker and somebody mm-hmm. else would come up to the waffle maker and be like no get out of the way this is mine. <laughs> Just, We've got know, this reserved. Like actually. crowd around the waffle maker. You cannot. Go You're like there. unplugging it, bringing it over to your table. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we really, um, yeah, but that was, I mean, with the lifting and the size thing mm-hmm. along with eating, that was always kind of a topic. It's, it's a huge, well, and it, it is, and, and it's, it is crazy because we, we deal with it all the time. And it's like, the the thought is is that you're gonna walk up to a barbell and grab it and you're gonna have giant lats that no and no one's gonna ever want to talk to you again. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. it's I say it jokingly, but I also say it seriously in all seriousness. I've been trying to get bulky for many a year. <laughs> Me too. It's not easy. Like it's you know, and I, if you if you watch the CrossFit games, uh, whether it's at a performance level or it's a, a visual level or um, even the regional level, you know, it's those people that is their life. That is a hundred percent what they do. Right. If you are using this as a fitness regimen to move correctly, move better, gain strength and basically longevity on your life, 
you're going to be just mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's it's really hard to explain that to someone who, um, especially male or female, you're talking about just just body issues, mm-hmm. especially now because it's like I mean, you open up Instagram, right. you open up Facebook, right, right. And everything is just in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's know? tough, and it was it was tough back then too. I mean, it was really kind of an issue, and and we used to share um, time in the weight room with the football team. Mm. So the defensive line was in there at the same time that we were there. So that was fun. And you know, (laughs) they're, they're like, get off the platform. And we're like, no, you get off, you know, and just, I I don't, I do not mess with strong, independent women. (laughs) Okay. It's all yours. Yeah. 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 Whatever you need. Well, on a real, on a real life practical example, I know we're kind of joking about, you know, hitting a cafe in college and and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth. But we see so many people that will start this program that is CrossFit or just say exercise in general, you know, and again, the saying right now is get off the couch and off, off the couch, off the carbs is what CrossFit is really pushing. And um, when people do start this program, um, I, w- I would almost say a lot of people do under eat. And then mm-hmm. whenever you start, um, you know, mixing in, you know, this, this type of fatigue on your body, understanding like you need to eat more, you know, you might need to eat more protein and, and so on and so forth and I know um, for for yourself and, and, and us that we've been doing it for a little while now but especially whenever people are first starting out and they're getting you know into this program they're hitting these lulls in the day or mm-hmm. what have you and it's like you know one you know or people will come in here you know for a 5 30 p.m. class and it's like all right when's the last time you ate I had a banana for lunch you yeah. know whatever it is and it's, it's so it's kind of wrapping that head around it obviously not you know, this isn't, we're not rowing three hours a day, but at the same time, like understanding like, Hey, you know, I might need to grab a protein shake or I might need to, um, bridge the gap between lunch and my workout with us with a healthy snack or we've had plenty of people talk to Andy and you know, the data doesn't lie. When you run the numbers, it's like you are under eating, you know, but again, it always goes back to, well, I don't want to gain weight, Mm -hmm. you know, and it really comes down to like, you will still be healthy, right. you know, you're going to feel better if you, you know, it's not always, not everyone is under overeating. Well, and weight is a number that doesn't tell you what it is. Right. Mm. Is it muscle? Is it fat? What right. is it made out of? And it's just a number, you mm. know, it's not. Yeah, you can't it, obsess. And, and I'm working with Andy now, actually, yeah. and mm. I've just, I've been super happy and it's been a couple of months now and first we, you know we were just focusing on calories and now we're really breaking it down to macros and i've been really been thinking about a lot more of what it is that i'm putting in my body and how yeah. much of each thing am mm-hmm. i putting in my body and when i fall off the wagon for you know a party or two now that we're at the holiday season yep sure uh, i can certainly tell and and i'm so much more in tune with it and i think it took a couple of years of me just first getting the workout portion set. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the same for a lot of people, but sure. first I was like, I'm just going to come in here and yeah. I'm just making this, I'm going to make this something that I do in my life yeah. and I'm going to make it a habit and make it turn into a habit. And now I'm starting to move into the nutrition portion and try to make that a habit too. Yeah. It's a, it's the absolute foundation, you know, yeah. and again, it is a little backwards, so to say, um, and I think it's majority of people I hedge my bet. Pretty much everyone will work out before they really get their nutrition down in, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, it's very, very common, but literally if you just dial in your nutrition and mix in some, some, some working out, that would, that would be way better than working out a ton and really just mixing in a salad here yeah. or there. You know what I mean? So it's, but it's really tough. You know, uh, whenever people start up here, one of the things I always say is like, you're going to grow to love this, um, this, this workout program, you know, ultimately if it's a good fit for you, like this is going to be the fun, like part of your day. Like if we do it right, Mm -hmm. the workouts will be challenging. You're going to learn new stuff. The war is in the kitchen and it starts with just your preparation and your planning, right? Just reserve that time, make your meals. And then like you said, you can dial in the macro. You can Mm -hmm. start, you know, get your digital scale. If you, if you really want to fine tune all that stuff, but by and large, it's just eat whole food. You know, yeah. eat, eat stuff that that's not processed. And it depends on your goal, too. I mean, if your goal is just, I just want to move my body and mm-hmm. I want to hang out with some people and I want to release a little bit of tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you can certainly do that and find a lot of people doing that. And it's awesome and it's fun. And I love it every single day. But if you want to go a little bit further, you know, if you want to work a little bit more on the physique and on 
you know, your training and everything else, you gotta you gotta put the nutrition in there. Is that kind of where you think you're at right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just move it. I, th- I think it's a natural progression, honestly. And I'm not saying by no means you're plateauing, mm-hmm. but I think you you start to get comfortable with a lot of the movements. You're not going every class going like, wait, what is that one again? Right. You know, you're starting to get comfortable, and it's like, okay, well now I've learned I've learned this. Now what is the next step? And right. that next step is What's generally next? is generally going to be that uh, that nutritional aspect. Yeah. I always tell people again during our intros, like you will. If, if it's a weight loss thing, you will lose that weight here. Um, you will definitely see body composition, composition changes here, but you will step on the gas pedal if you add the nutritional aspect in. And it mm. doesn't take a lot, especially right away, right. you know? Um, right. But again, for most people, including myself, uh, I was in the same boat where it's like, oh, I'll just keep working out. And it's like, oh, you can't, oh, can't work out anymore because everything hurts real bad. Sure. And it's like the next step has to be the nutritional stuff. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, to use an extreme extreme example you know be a weekend warrior for you know like just go crazy on a you know say that that you work out monday through friday and you eat pretty good on the weekends all right we'll try one weekend where you just drink a bunch of beer this weekend will be a great example yeah Yeah. you know it's it's, it's christmas (laughs) we're we're coming up on christmas and it's people are going to come back in the gym and or even new year's is probably a better you know whatever whatever is your time that you really let loose and you come back and what CrossFit has really done for me is I'm just so much more aware of what I'm putting in my body in the sense of I'm gonna I'm like, oh like as I'm like drinking this this fifth beer or whatever it is, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna feel this in the workout tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just, you know, again, you are a product of what you eat and how you feel. Speaking of, uh, I want to respect Jenny's time here, but uh, two questions for you. One sure. one being on the nutritional side of things, what is it like for you? Um, having a family with small children uh, and things like meal prep. So what's what's that kind of look for you? Because again, I think there are a lot of people out there that probably struggle with this. Not that you've got it like the answer, mm-hmm. but I, it's all, I'm always interested to see what people do that may be different from someone else that helps them out. It's breakfast and lunch for me because those are the two meals that I don't eat with my family. Um, so I, as long as I prep my breakfast and lunch, then I can get by on dinner, you know, you whatever. Still, well, and, you, and you're including family time. Right, right. You, you have to, again, there's a trade-off, you know. It's like physique or mm-hmm. like I can be here, but I could be here and still have this yeah. family life. Yeah, it's a, it's a balance. And so for me, it's, uh, you know, on Sundays I try to uh, figure out what I'm going to do. We, you know, we look through the week and we decide what we're going to make. And I try to make family meals that are kind of, you know, macro, paleo, et cetera, friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes the kids just don't like that and we got to have spaghetti meatballs yep mm. it's just something that excellent choice that's going to happen you know yeah. I, I i didn't have anything planned my husband was out of town i had to pull a frozen lasagna out of the freezer and mm. that's just something that you got to do stouffer's uh no i made it myself oh man. Wow. homemade frozen lasagna. she is talented oh, we not had that oh so, all right so we were friends jenny <laughs> but there are those <laughs> things that you do you know you, I, i've had the the sausage and spinach and sweet potato egg thing mm, yeah. I've been eating on that this week yeah. um, and you know just kind of prepping my lunches and figuring out what to do for that because those are the two meals that I can control more in my snacks during the day I can control those a lot more than what I have with my family in the evenings I try to make sure that I do something that that is also healthy for me but I have to consider what a four-year-old and a six-year-old are also going to eat fantastic and uh my last one, which is always fun. And you've listened to enough of these, so you know yeah. this one's coming. So yep. your, your, your definition of fitness? My definition of fitness uh, is based in the long game. Mm. Can I make it the distance? And what do I want that distance to look like? And that uh, really stems from an injury I had in college. So I was, I was you know, on the varsity team, just kicking butt, taking names. And then I tore two discs in my lower back. Damn. And so that really sidelined me. But I was still, you know, defining myself as a rower. This is who I am. And I struggled and struggled and worked my butt off to get back on the team. So I did a lot of rehab and just, you know, worked my worked my tail off to get back on the team. But it just wasn't what it used to be. And so I kept kind of falling behind and falling behind and, and getting pushed further back. And my coach would take video and he'd be like, your legs are just slow. And he mm-hmm. kept pushing me back for another team. I went to, you know, from the varsity boat to the JV boat and then to the 3V boat because my nerves just weren't firing the way they should because of the back injury that I had. Mm-hmm. And it really all came to a head when I met with my doctor. And my doctor said, look, 
do you want to have kids someday? Hmm. And I said, yeah. And he said, do you want to ever be able to lift those kids? Wow. And I was like, okay. That's heavy. I guess I'm done. So I had to step away and recover for a while. And that really got me thinking about what are my goals here? I mean, if my goal is to do whatever it takes to be the best at rowing right now, then yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to murder my body. I'm just going to get back into it and I'm going to do whatever it takes. But if my goal is the long game, if I want to lift my kids in 10 years, if I want to be there for my grandchildren, you know, that's, that's fitness for me is thinking about all of that down the road, serious perspective. And, and I look to my mom, she and I are actually going to be competing at world rowing championships uh, coming up soon. And so she's in just amazing shape and she really has it together. Mm. And I see that and I think that's fitness. She's Mm. really, you know, she's 71 and just, wow. She is, is rowing all the time and in great shape and she can do things with her grandchildren. She can go on trips with them. She can, she's really active and getting out there. And that's what I, that's what I want. That's what I think fitness is, is. Hmm. That's a, you think a, about the long game. a phenomenal answer and, and, and it aligns exactly with what we want um, you know out, out of all of our clients and you know whenever someone is coming in for the first time and you know we're talking about what agreement they're gonna go with and we have a, a short-term option and and I tell them and again it, I don't want to sound like a money grab but it, it really what it comes down to is like I don't, I don't care what you can do in three months mm-hmm. I actually don't care what you can do in a year I care what you're going to look like five years down the road, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that's where the change happens. Can we have like a five-year membership option? <laughs> yeah, ten-year membership. We can option? do that. That's yeah. what I would do. I definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that popped in my head, real quick, uh, again, I know we're closing up. Uh, when you shared that example of that experience, um, I feel like it's becoming more and more in the in the in football. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you're seeing. Like, I right. think some of these some of these guys that are making millions of dollars uh playing nfl football um it, it's the short like sure i need to make these millions sure. you know, no matter what goal. but what are they sacrificing exactly you know so it's like all right well do i want to you know was, i think there was a linebacker that was like two years in the league or something super young kid was like he's an all pro he's, he's like gonna be one of the best walked away and everyone was like what like he had all that you know he was about to sign his biggest contract anyway mm-hmm. but you it's really tough because yeah. when you're in that moment, you're, and that's it's like been your identity. Yeah, I think that's you how you define that. yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's who I was, and it was just like whoa. Well, that's I that's amazing to to make that decision that at that early of an age. Yeah, good for you. Well, thank you, uh, thank you so much for coming yeah. on today. It was yeah. a pleasure having you. Fun. And uh, thank you all for listening to Everyday Athlete. Join us next week as we dive deep into the lives of those who make us great. Thanks, Jenny. Thank, thank you. you.